Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike, too. And this is a Cigar Hustlers podcast. podcast. After Dark. After Dark, yes. A very special interview today with my dear friend, Mr. Spencer Drake of White Hat Distribution Company. Yeah, that's that's what we're going with right now. White is Hat it? Distribution. All right, I think that sounds pretty good. You can just take that and run with it. Yep. You know, White Hat. I just stick with White Hat pretty much. That's how we just run with it until there's <laughs> comments that make you not want to go with White Hat. But you win some, you lose some. <laughs> so Spencer is a good friend of mine, um, and that is the only reason why I'm here late uh, doing this interview. He's in town uh, visiting um, the mouse with the whole fam, the whole damn family. He bailed on me yesterday because my, my son had the flu, and which was very sad. Um, but he's here now. and in, that in, in our defense, we had the flu as well as a family, and I was sick from like the 2nd of January until like the 20-something of January down in Port Sabor. So it's in our defense, we were already sick, and then he wanted to subject my family to... Uh, to harm. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel like it was right. I felt like it was selfish. But you know, I get it. I, the texts I understand. that kept coming <laughs> were uh, were excessive. I mean, but realistically, there are a couple of the points here that you know. I, I think, think there's two sides to this I story. Think obviously, to, I think it needs to be well aware. And, and at some point, there's maybe you guys should have worked ground. this out beforehand. Well, the there's fact some middle ground, and I think for the listeners out there that know me and know I. I shoot from the hip, but I'm an honest guy. <laughs> it leans my direction. I'm just telling you from the beginning, before any of the bullshit comes out, it leans my direction. Well, I can assure you that, you know, visiting uh, Epcot today, that you had some form of exposure to uh, some kind of disease. We wear these masks that, I, that I've seen, <laughs> seen <laughs> some, get some Asian travelers uh, using that seem to be working for them. So mm, okay. They were a little small for our faces, but nonetheless, um, I think they kept us safe. That's a lie. Um, so, anyways, they were large for our face. Getting into the subject of the uh, the interview, what are wanna, why don't you tell us, tell the uh, the viewers or listeners viewers. what exactly that studio audience? Yeah, the studio, studio audience. audience. The viewers are you know. That's, oh, we do have a that's, studio that's, audience. That's 2019. We, we, we do have a studio <laughs> audience. Um, so, what am I telling about what's going on now? What, what the hell are we smoking? How about oh, we start right there? Right now, what we're smoking is uh, is is a product that we had in the market previously. Uh, retooled the blend uh, in 2016, and then uh, in, in in the year 2017. So in 2016, we added the the blue line and the claro line. What is the cigar that we're smoking? Uh, man, I'm long winded sometimes. <laughs> Bring him back in. Bring so, him back in. So the ga- cigar we're smoking is the Ceneros that will be launched at the end of uh, the first quarter into the maybe beginning of the second quarter. Uh, of this year, but it's a cigar that we reblended in 2016 and have sat on uh, since then to launch this year. It'll be the first release we've had in a year and a half. Very nice. Okay, well, I just lit it up, and so far so good. How about uh, you, Mike? Is it a medium? Mm-hmm. It's a very good cigar. Nice and smooth. Little box press, easy draw. Yeah, box press and everything. Uh, doing two different, uh, two different wrappers, two different blends entirely. But we're doing a Maduro and a Habano Claro, and um, 
all of them are going to be in box press format except for the 60s we're doing coronas robustos toros and 60s and we kept the 60 and a parejo um, just because that's my preference when it comes to 60s i don't really like box press 60s i don't very nice. Not, not my sport. Well, uh, that's your, your the shameless plug that you're going to get, and that's going to be the only shameless plug you're going to get because this interview is not uh, actually about cigars. It's more about the people of the cigar industry. I love talking shit about the people <laughs> of the cigar industry. <laughs> Which is fantastic. So we're, we're just going to talk about you. Oh, wow. Yeah, this oh, wow. Well, is this, this going to be like, is this an intervention? Uh, it, yes. it, it can be if you need it to be, uh, probably, you know. Probably could use a little intervention. Yeah, I don't see the harm in it. You know, it would be a good build you down kind of... Did I get a drink? What kind of drink? Just well, a, he wanted a Chardonnay. The, the, yeah, the Chardonnay <laughs> to, go, to go with his sparkling water. Right. Oh, Spritzer would be really refreshing. Spritzer. I'm starting to get cotton mouth here. Unfortunately, so you, you had that opportunity and you opted in for the Pellegrino, so you're kind of stuck now. I have Spritzer, if you will. You know, the problem is that if we did that, we'd have to walk out, there'd be sound, all types of other shit, you know. He can edit. He's a producer. He's not that good at editing. And not that good at editing. But we're working on it. All right, I feel like I'm part of something's happening there. That's, which is fantastic. Right, it is what it is. I mean, we've I'm consumed five minutes and we've talked about nothing. 110%. I'm telling you, I'm bringing my <laughs> I'm taking it one day at a time. All right, so. No ends, ends, or ups. It's about it. So before you got into the cigar industry. <laughs> You, <laughs> you it's all said and done. Let's go. You know? So before you were in the cigar industry, uh, you were at Varsity Premier Properties, correct? Yeah. Now, is that something you owned or is that somebody you work for? Okay, so what, what, what is Varsity Premier Properties? So my, uh, my education was actually in kinesiology and, 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 uh, and I was a dietitian-ish as well, which most people it shows most people, <laughs> most people giggle when i say that uh, but that was my education and i was a personal trainer sometimes we should have video and then i coached basketball uh, for a little while at the university of houston and when i was there um i had a gentleman that was in the mortgage business mm-hmm. um that i was taking some real estate classes he came in and talked at one of the classes and asked the teacher there um, who of the of the uh, students might be interested in being a mortgage guy and uh, so he uh, the, the teacher sent him over to me and he explained to me the mortgage business a little bit and I was 21 years old at the time 22 years old and um, got my start in the mortgage business started off as a mortgage processor first uh, just kind of learning the business and then uh, over the course of six months or so got out into the field as a just a just an outside sales uh, representative for a mortgage company, a loan officer in the state of Texas. So that's that's how it all started. And then uh, as as uh, I built up that business um, as a, a loan officer for somebody else, decided it in 2014 to start my own company. So I started my own mortgage company with a partner, and then. Um, Luckily, got out of that business right before the crash. And then when the crash happened, I had a two-year non-compete, couldn't get back in the mortgage business, and so I started a real estate company. I had been doing some real estate investment prior to that, but it was all on a personal level kind of investment stuff. It wasn't any uh, active brokerage. And then uh, did that for a couple of years. And, and during that time, I was a cons- cigar consumer. During the time as a loan officer, I was smoking a lot of cigars. Um, Skip Martin from Romo Craft was my retailer in Galveston, Texas, when I was a loan officer down there, and um, uh, when I still when I had the mortgage company, and I spent a lot of time working out of his shop, 
and he's kind of the guy that got me from smoking a couple of cigars a week to smoking, you know, a bunch of cigars. He has that influence on people. Yeah. Oh. He does. Okay, so how do you – so eventually you transitioned over to the regional sales manager at, at A.J. Fernandez. So how do you make that leap? So after uh, doing real estate, residential real estate, uh, for a couple of years – I just decided it wasn't something that I really wanted to do long term. I really enjoyed um, the mortgage business. I enjoyed professional sales. I enjoyed going out and uh, playing golf with a builder or a developer or a realtor or some sort of referral network person that was going to help drive business to me. So I enjoyed that part of the business and I played a whole lot of golf. And then when I got, when I became a real estate agent, I just found myself at parties like handing out business cards and transitioning conversations into where do you live? And oh, yeah, I sold a house over there. And oh, you're a realtor? Yeah, oh, here's my card. And then I'm like angry when I find out in six months they bought a house with somebody else. Uh. So I just, I, I didn't want to be that guy. And I loved cigars. So I decided, I told my wife, I said, uh, we're going to start a cigar shop. So uh, we started looking at cigar shops or starting a cigar shop in like 2010. And then I did a little tour around the country and saw a bunch of other shops and kind of how they did business and um, came across a cigar on the way back down to Houston that was the San Latano Habano. Okay. And uh, I smoked that cigar in the cigar shop there, looked online to see where I could get it and who I needed to contact for my shop. Which at the time, I was uh, in kind of the final negotiations of the lease. Like we were discussing build-out allowance. We were to that point. And uh, I smoked that cigar. I, I looked online and saw that there was 70-ish retailers in California. And there was several in Florida. And there was two in Texas. So I shot an email and a resume out. And Clay Roberts got it. And then um, before I knew it, Chris Kachaturian, who's AJ's former partner, was calling me within 45 minutes of my email saying, hey, we're going to send somebody down to Texas to meet you. And that was it, huh? And then I got started doing the state of Texas for them. And then over the course of, the, of time, that grew to, in, in reality, about eight states. I was servicing a couple of extra, but they, they didn't you know require a lot of time and mostly phone work. And then, then they uh, wanted to uh, me to move to Miami to start managing the sales force and they hadn't really had anybody active in that role specifically for like two and a half years I think I was the longest tenured employee at AJ when I left so, so you actually packed up all your your shit and you went to Miami ish ish well so, so you left the family in Texas yeah I had the family still in Texas I had the wife um, you know getting the house ready for market and we got it on the on the market had it actually under contract and then um, during that time, me and AJ's former partner weren't really seeing eye to eye, and it was kind of a volatile relationship, to be honest. And so I decided that uh, I needed to do something else. And so that something else uh, kind of, I was sitting at a bar hammered, I mean hammered, on um, Tito's, was, Tito's and Soda. So it was like a Monday then. Not, yeah, there's <laughs> really no telling when it was. And... Uh, um, and I ran into uh, Lawrence Miltenberger, who at the time worked for Kubanicon. Okay. And I had known him through the industry uh, when he had worked with Terrazona previously and just had, you know, interact uh, interactions with him here and there over the course of a few years. And uh, I told him kind of what the situation was that I was leaving AJ. And he said, I got somebody I want you to meet. And so 
I ended up meeting his boss and um, uh, joining their their team uh, at that point as vice president of sales for Kubanicon, which at the time had very little distribution, um, some regional stuff in the southeast and mid-Atlantic, but for the most part nationally wasn't a known brand. Okay, so let me stop you and let me back, back up a little bit. Sure. So you're a national sales manager at AJ Fernandez. You're in Miami. Your family's in Texas. Um, obviously, you weren't seeing eye to eye with Chris. So, what happened? Did you just pack up your shit? Were you told, you know, you're done? No. Man. What happened was, I mean, and it's it's a it's a big hairy mess. But it, it it what it came down to was there was somebody that was hired to take over the office at AJ, and when they were hired to take over the office. Um, I guess the compensation agreement that they felt like they agreed to and the one they received happened to be two very different things. And this was a good friend of mine that I had recommended for the position and it caused it caused enough of a rift where I just didn't feel like moving forward anymore. Gotcha. Um, I, I still, you know, I'm friends with AJ. I'm still, I still go down and see that factory most of the times when I'm in Nicaragua. Uh, and I still believe he creates some really good product. It's just... Uh, differences time, of opinion at that time it was just a really interesting company to be to be working right. for and it's you know and then they've had some transitions subsequent to that that i think have given them some difficulties but at the end of the day um they're behind what they're doing and i think uh i think uh, you're going to see good things out of that company right and they've grown a lot well yeah lot. i mean i mean aj's a great blender and he definitely has some access to some great tobacco so you know all right so you hook up and you become, so you become, so you become the vice president of Cubanicon Cigars. And right after that, we find out, and I already knew about it, but it wasn't signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, but I already knew about the fact that um, it was more than likely that there was going to be Hirochi was going to be involved with Cubanicon. Okay. When I took the job, I, I was certain, without knowing specifically, but I was pretty, pretty certain. They told me it's somebody in Cuba right. that everybody's going to recognize, and it's a brand that's not on the market in the United States, and that takes you about, I mean, if you're a cigar guy and you know anything about Cuba, it takes you about five seconds to go, maybe Hirochi Rovina. Right. And then they're, they're, they're looking at me like, are you, like, Nostradamus? I'm like, no, <laughs> it was like the worst set of hands you could have thrown at a guy. It starts um, with an H. Right, and, exactly. You know. He's so Cuban. He comes in. Um, uh, their project at the time, the HR Signature Project, is what, it, what we call it now. It was originally called the original. Um, that cigar had been in the works for some, at that point, like four, four and a half years. Um, they've been working on that project with the La Corona factory, which used to be called Los Chirutos. And Cubanicom was the exclusive distributor of that product. Mm hmm um, or was the distributor of that product in, uh, in the United States. So I, I helped launch that with them. I helped build their sales force, a uh, mixture of kind of in-house and independent reps throughout the country, but we had boots on the ground pretty much in every part of the country. Um, so what year was that? Um, what year was that IPCPR where he came out and you were uh, representing him? I, I believe that was 2013. It was either 2013 or 2014. Because that was a, that was the first year that we actually met in person. It is. That, is. that was when I saw your beautiful face for the first time. I mean, we had correspondence prior to that. 
We did. But, you know, we actually finally met in person at that IBCPR end. And that was the one before New Orleans. Was it? I don't remember. They're yeah, all the same the to me at this New point. Orleans, when I, wherever that one was. Whatever year that was. It was either 24. Was that probably in Orlando? I think it was in... I think it was in Vegas. I think it was in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. The majority of them are in Vegas. It was Orlando the year before, then Vegas. Right. Then back to... New Orleans. New Orleans. And Vegas, 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 Vegas. Vegas for everyone. Okay. So, so you're, you're repping Cubanicon. Ish. Right? Ish. I'm, I'm, I'm managing a sales force, basically. Right. And don't have much control over in a lot of the internals involved with the company in terms of operations, in terms of uh, blends, in terms of um, the communication with the factory, just really working on the stateside piece, getting distribution out, um, and, and managing the sales force. Right. So, that, I mean, that in itself is difficult, right? Is If you're trying to manage and handle all the sales, the sales force, and then you have other people that are kind of directing, have their own visions, and then you have your vision, it, it's just a recipe for disaster, right? I don't think necessarily if everybody kind of knows what their position is, and if, if you're really good at managing sales forces and you're really good at... at uh, that side of the business there's no issue you know with you being focused on that and having somebody that's more of the creative and you kind of let them do their thing i don't think really any of that was the issue uh the issues more were just that certain commitments were made that that weren't honored and and when that happens over the course of, of several months in into a year then uh you just you decide you want to go a different direction right and so i decided to leave that company based on the fact that that uh, some of the commitments that were made weren't honored. Right. And uh, and then after I left, within I want to say a month, I had already heard that everybody else was leaving. The factory that was manufacturing cigars for them, the HR product uh, specifically, they were leaving, and that Hirochi was leaving and gonna gonna separate themselves from that organization. All right. So I mean, unfortunately, this is already kind of like a dark interview in comparison <laughs> to what we normally do, but. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're just a sad, broken man, and I just, you know, I, I want to tell your story. No, I think it's it's time to get it out. It's, you know, it's it's been a long time. It's been festering. We're gonna have it. We'll have a priest outside that after could this. Could be, it could be that or all that German food. Right, something's uh, festering. It, right I mean, now. It, right. And as much cabbage as I had, right, gentlemen. This is a confined space, and, and a full day of Epcot is, with some you know. lit objects. So it's I'm true. just saying, I'm not sure how safe this is. Well, I appreciate the warning. That's very nice of you. So you, um, all right. So you leave Cubanicon now. At that point, do you transition out? Does of it get worse? Is, is, is the things going to no? Worse? It's going to get happy because he's a happy, happy guy. He's a happy guy. We'll, I think you know, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Get There's going to be some ebbs and some flows. A lot of ebbs. Right. Some hugging towards right the now. There may be. There may be some, some hugging. hugging. Little cuppage, <laughs> if possible. You know, the uh, the the downfall of being out in the sun all day is that you know. Uh, I'm vulnerable. Yeah, you're 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 very vulnerable. Well, you better wake the fuck up and bring your A game, goddammit. I already said A game, 110. percent All right. This is this is 110. I just wanted that confirmed. I'm gonna go with as many metaphors moving forward as possible. Fantastic. All right. So, at the end of the day. At the end of the day. (laughs) So, you leave Cubanicon, then you leave the tobacco industry, the cigar industry, completely. Yeah, so my, my intentions leaving uh, the Kubanicon thing, it was uh, it was you know two opportunities that I saw in front of me, being the AJ opportunity, uh, moving into the the national sales position there, 
and the position of that company at the time and what a sleeping giant it was it was like an incredibly exciting opportunity right and then to have that go south really was tough because i saw what was in front of me there and um so that that was tough and then the kubanicon thing again we had so much growth in the first year we did so well with the product um, there was some some rough edges to say the least, especially with the amount of growth we were having in penetrating a market that's really a, a different market. Right. Trying to take a, your first real cigar to market at twenty plus dollars and compete in that space uh, is a difficult thing, and I think we had uh, a, a, a whole lot of success with it. For sure, that's um, a great cigar initially, um, and then um, so. With that opportunity again, not working out as I wished it had. Right. Um, yeah, it was two tough things in a row for an industry that I really liked, mm -hmm. and uh, and and to be honest, the money that I made in the mortgage business or the real estate business was quite different than the money I was making in the cigar industry. Right. And so the draw to going back into doing residential real estate, especially when you start having clients call you on a regular basis saying, "Hey, we're ready to sell our house now," and Right. You getting back in the game or not that sort of thing so there was some opportunity there to get back in and so that was my plan and then i got uh, brought in by you don't have these this in your notes um there's so much so many layers you're doing a great job by the way of the so interview and as well as a he he i can himself. talk about myself no but right. you, i mean just keeping the cigar lit like kind of being attentive to it because it is difficult right to do an interview and then Keep smoking the cigar. But I'm a committed man. You are. Committed man. You are. You, so cigar. you speak cigar. <laughs> so I, uh, after leaving, after leaving Cubanacan, I was ready to get out of the industry, and then I got a phone call um, from Abe Flores, who hooked me in with uh, with somebody uh, that was starting a brand called Bugatti that had previously been distributed by Perdomo. Uh, Perdomo. And they were re repackaging it, using a new manufacturer, and so. He got me in, uh, touch, in touch with that guy, uh, Egal Harrell, who's a really good dude. Had a great experience with him, um, but um, I, I worked basically as a consultant right. uh, for him and went down to the DR and helped him with some stuff down there. So it didn't come with a car or anything? Nothing like that. That would have been amazing. Right. Um, but after that, I got hooked in again by Abe with Stephen Bailey, who was starting a new project out of S&M brands called Cornelius and Anthony, uh -huh. which was going to be their um, premium cigar offering, kind of really for the first time in the market. They had had some other stuff in, but it wasn't very successful, and it wasn't wasn't done the right way, and he wanted to bring in some some veterans, I guess, and, and me on the sales side of it at that point, and Courtney uh, Smith, who had helped build La Polina on the... Uh, kind of internal side of it and and uh, a visionary side of it in terms of the packaging and, and the type of blends bringing to market and obviously they let me me take a big part in that too um, it was a really good opportunity so you got to work on your own blends mm -hmm. you get to work on packaging too yep. to some degree to some degree absolutely she was definitely the one um, spearheading all the packaging right. stuff but she was absolutely open to a lot of uh, dialogue and correspondence did you also get to assemble your own sales force yeah we got to start doing that um it was pretty early on the problem we had was uh by the time we got two cigars ready for market 
um, we were trying to get Hirochi Robina's distribution underneath Cornelius and Anthony. Gotcha. Hirochi had reached out to me, wanted to work with me again, and I had this opportunity with Cornelius and Anthony going on, and it seemed like an absolute perfect fit. I mean, you had two different guys, both you know, multi-generational tobacco people while in different parts of the tobacco world both have you know their roots in tobacco right um and and i we just felt like it was a perfect marriage but there was a lawsuit that was in place with the previous distributor at the time where they countersued for like 75 million dollars it was ridiculous as soon as that happened Stephen bailey just stomped on the brakes and that you know that deal was off gotcha and so hirochi was at this point probably Shoot, it had to be like nine months, really, without any real representation in the marketplace, right? And, and having the market, uh, the 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 cigars almost pulled off the market, and was at the point where he had to get something back into the market. So before you get into that, so you're doing real estate, and you decide because Abe calls you, you decide to get back into the no, no, I hadn't even started really doing the real estate again. I had my license, but I didn't do a single transaction in that right. off time. Nothing outside of selling a rental house that I own myself. Right. So your license is still current, right? No, no. I let my license oh, lapse last year. No yeah, shit. In August 31st of oh, 2016. That means you got to do the course all over again? I'll, I'll never have to deal with it again. <laughs> so, let's really hope. Depends on how this scenario goes. Right. <laughs> all right. So, so what happens? So how do you become the owner of White Hat? So, and start working with Hiroshi so by yourself. After Stephen decided that because of the current litigation and the fact that he wanted to kind of wait that out, which unfortunately at the time was pro- it was probably October or November of 2015 when that happened. Right. And um, and and the lawsuit wasn't due to go to trial until February of 2017. So unless there was a settlement prior to it going to trial. Mm-hmm then Stephen Bailey was going to have his hands off and Cornelius and Anthony wasn't going to do anything with HR until that time. Right. Until it was either settled or it had gone to trial and, and we had won at trial. So Hirochi was at that point, uh, had to get his cigars to market, had some opportunities with some other people in the industry that had distribution networks and current sales forces and all that sort of stuff. And um, because of his relationship with me from the days at Kubanicon, mm-hmm. Um, he, he just reached out to me on a Thursday and said, hey, I need to see you in, uh, in Cuba this weekend. So I flew to Cuba and uh, met with him on a Sunday in Cuba and started hashing things out. And he said he wanted me to do it. And I told him I had a limited amount of capital to get this done. And he said, I don't care because I know some of the guys that he was talking with previously had a lot more right. uh, of a war chest to go to battle with, with a brand like this and to do what this brand deserves in terms of promotion right and i knew that that i'd have a limited amount of that moving forward and hirochi was willing to do it just based out of trust and and uh and we've been together ever since so that that's what started it and white hat distribution is really more than a distribution company it's in essence the marks are ours the hr trademark while it's owned by someone else i have the rights to for 25 years the subsequent marks that come in, I have the rights to for several years as well. Um, so I'm in charge of packaging. I'm in charge of uh, of of all the ancillary things related to the cigars that most distributors aren't, where they just normally buy the cigar as it is and then 
sell it to the U.S. market. Right. All right. So, yeah, I was going to have something else, but it just escaped me. You lost it, huh? Son of a bitch. Normally I write that it down. That was going to be really good. It, was, it would have been epic. It would have been great. It would have been epic. So, um, now when you leave Cornelius and Anthony, I mean, you had a good relationship with Steve, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, that was a um, a difficult thing to do, um, just based on the relationship that I have with Steven and how well Steven had treated me. So it was definitely a difficult thing to do. He had invested a lot in me um, over the course of, you know, like six, seven months as we're developing projects to get to market. We finally get some stuff just about ready to land to go to market. And, you're and I have to let him know that I, I'm going I'm somewhere leaving. else. And I'm going somewhere else that happens to be the thing that I tried to land for you for the last several months. Right. And so that did cause a bit of an issue. Are you guys friends now? <laughs> or no? no, we're absolutely friends now. Uh, I think I I, uh, I have a ton of respect for him. I have no reason to not to be his friend. Oh, right. No, I, um, he definitely, you have. He, he's got more issues yeah. with me, I imagine, yeah. than I, I would ever have with him. Because right. he's always been a class dude to me. But um, but the timing of my leaving wasn't, uh, wasn't good timing. But... It, it was it was necessitated by the circumstances that we that we lived under at the time. Okay, now how long have you been doing a white hat for? So we started it two <coughs> years ago, as of the sixteenth of January. It was January sixteenth, two thousand and sixteen. We started. And you started just with the signature. We started just with the signature, and there was some disagreements at that time because the lawsuit wasn't settled right. as to who had the rights to that cigar. Um, so it was a kind of tumultuous time to bring that cigar to market. There was threats from the other side saying, you know, threatening our retailers with litigation. If they carried the cigars for copyright infringement, they had copyrighted a box. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Crazy. And so for the first six months, that's really actually, yeah, the first six months, that was the only product we had in the market. At the 2016 trade show, we launched the Blue and the Claro. Okay. And then we got those cigars really to market uh, to most of our retailers, uh, got their shipments on uh, in November of 2016. So they really didn't see that product for some time following the trade show. Right. Just due to some packaging issues, and you live and you learn when you're it's the name deal- of the game, dealing right? in Nicaragua. And this was really my first project from kind of, you know, seed to, right. to cigar. And seeing every bit and every side of that industry, and you know, you make a few mistakes that cost you a few weeks, cost you a month, right? And you you get your product in in, in late in that year, and uh, so we had retailers that refused the product because uh, it had been so late after the trade show. Right. We had some that have supported us since the day they got the product. Right. And uh, we've grown it substantially since then, and haven't launched a single new product until this Cineros hits the market uh, at the end of this quarter. This will be the first new product we brought out in a year and a half. So, Very nice. So it's something we're, we're really proud of, and we're proud of, I think, the, the, the price point that we're able to get this cigar to and the, uh, the quality of the cigar for the price point that it's at, I think, is going to be just something I expect to be very, very uh, exciting in the market. Very nice. Well... We do have a couple of questions that we... You know, standard questions that we ask uh, everybody. For sure. It's the top three questions that we like to ask. It's just funny to me because your voice is so much more controlled right now than... He's very calm. Our, yeah, normal conversations. Yeah. Which is kind of freaking me out a it's, little bit. It's the, it's the button-up, really tight polo you shirt. You like that? 
I was I did it to turn you on. As soon as you, you know? FaceTime me earlier, I saw that shirt and I was like, "Son of a bitch, something's up. Something's wrong. Something's, something's wrong. wrong." And and here we are. So what do you want me this, to do? To I just want to know control? this is this is like an everyday thing now for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. Red this is just right. new image. I'm just a you know thing. The medium shirts. I'm kind of like yeah yeah. yeah, yeah are you gonna go to the slacks next? From the jeans. Mm, to I don't think so. I kind of like the jeans. Khaki pants. I kind of like the jeans. I'm like a hybrid of Rosales and Martin. That's what it is. I need to get flip flops. Is what I is what I should wear. You know, it's just kind of like the the both. You can't use the mom jeans argument anymore for Rosales. First yeah. of all, he's very sensitive about it. <laughs> Second of all, he's slim, slim Rosales. Now. Yeah, he can't say a word. And you know, he didn't go to school as a dietitian, which is kind of ironic. Maybe Spence helped him. You got him into the, the ketogenic the, uh, uh, diet. I'd have to say I was somewhat responsible for it. You were. I mean, I'm sure you look at somebody like me and you decide. I really probably need to die. I don't want to get there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the before. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the life that you lived, I'd expect that you've had at least three heart attacks at this point. So you're you're doing pretty good. You know, I've definitely had a lot of therapy. And a lot of therapy. <laughs> a lot of therapy. And you keep getting further and further away from the mic too, which really sucks for us. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. He has a very deep voice, though. It's it's catchy. It, it, it travels it's, well. Yeah, it travels well. That's good. All right. So uh, under the questions. Yes. All right. First question. The three questions. The three questions. Uh, what one person, living or dead, would you like to have a cigar with? Huh. That's like a question that I've heard before. Yeah. Living they asked it dead. differently, though. They did. You asked yeah. it really well. Thank you. Thank you. Um. I hate to steal Ocho Senko, although I do think that. Hey, be, I, I I do think that would be really really interesting. Um, That's my man. Yeah, Ocho Senko's just such a character, man. Nobody created space like that guy. I mean, he's just he's just such a character. He's got his own cigar now, though. Or I know. Like I yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I was like, wow, we should definitely have him on the podcast. But yeah, no, he's. But he'll never come. He'd definitely be an entertaining guy to sit down and have a cigar with for sure. Okay. So we're going with Ocho Cinco. Ocho, that's an excellent answer, and uh, go fuck yourself for stealing <laughs> that from me. <laughs> All right, question number two. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Best piece of advice anybody ever gave me? I think um, Hanky Kellner um, said that, that having a consistent cigar was the most important thing, period, when it came to this industry on the manufacturing side, and I think that was probably the most uh, important piece of information that I've ever gotten on that side of the business for sure. Okay. Okay. You know, great. there's there's cigars people are not going to like, cigars people are going to like, but if you have a consistent product, then you, you find the guys that do like it and they'll always go they'll to always it. They'll always go you know, to it because right? if it changes, they're going to know. Which is a really, really hard thing to do in our industry. Yeah. I mean, it's well, difficult. Right. All right. Final question. What's your favorite cigar? The HR Signature Corona. Okay, now what's your favorite cigar? Yeah, not, not yours. That's not mine. It's probably the thing I smoke the most. The thing I've smoked the most lately that that's really really good is the Genetic Deformity. I, I just think that's such a cool cigar. The Neanderthal Genetic yeah. Deformity. That's that, a really really good. Cigar. That is a good cigar. It's sure. just it's a, a twist on something that I already liked a lot. All right, I got another question that's not on the list. Who is your favorite rep or broker in the industry? My favorite rapper broker in the yes. industry yes. is uh, it's Joel Schwartz. Yeah? 
Yeah, my uh, trends. It used to be Trendsetters Marketing, but it's Joel Schwartz now. Was he the the guy up in New York? No, he's in the Southwest. He does. Okay. Uh, he does Phoenix and Colorado and New Mexico and Nevada. Is Joel uh, is Joel Carroll still working with you? Uh huh. Yeah, yes. Joel's still doing social media for Are me. Are you still subjecting him to cruel and unusual punishment like he did last year at the show? No, that wasn't really me. That was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better. No, it's uh, totally true. Totally so true. poor Joe, he got a nice little sign with a, a radar <laughs> a radar detector showing. First of all, <laughs> let me explain something. We get our we get our booth space at IPCPR. You see the big floor map when right. you're getting everything. and And it looked like great location absolutely great location and we ended up being behind battleground cigars which had this huge tent, tent. They right. the tent. That, that blocked a lot of people from seeing us because of this huge tent in front of us and then we had pillars huge pillars on either side <laughs> of our aisle so you had to like cross over a bunch of wires behind a pillar to get to us and then to even see us, if you were walking down another more traffic dial, you have to be like, you know, Akeem Olajuwon looking over the battleground right. uh, uh, tent. So we made up a sign <laughs> that looked like a big, big, you know, like Navy radar and where we were in our booth number and made a sandwich board and... Uh, and had Joe wear the sandwich board. Fantastic. Walking all around uh, the IPCPR trade show floor to make sure people understood we were really difficult to find and where we were. I mean, I didn't really. Uh, the poor, first of all, poor Joe Carroll was sweating bullets, man. I mean, you. It was a heavier than average sandwich. Board. <laughs> <laughs> we made it 75 pounds. Wow. But it's sturdy. We'll st- we still have it, and uh, if there's a holocaust or some sort of you know serious serious situation, right? We will uh, nuclear we'll fallout. Nuclear fallout, absolutely. Very nice. I mean, you know, I saw him walking around, but I wouldn't say he was walking around the entire IBCPR. No, he was supposed to. Supposed to be. <laughs> he was supposed to, but I think he felt more comfortable around the Romacraft <laughs> lounge, <laughs> and he just he circled Romacraft. I want to say I think he told me seventeen times. Wow, I've, it felt like you know seventeen hundred times. But. Well, that's Joe. You know, yeah. He tried to tell a, a story to to Ron Lesro, you stone serious, when we were at IPCPR, and he's about five minutes into the conversation and decides to say, to make a long story short, <laughs> and Lesro about snapped. He was like, "You've got no fucking right to ever say that. You've drugged me on for the last five minutes. You cannot say that." That is fantastic. So, uh, what else you got there? Uh, th- those are questions. Other than, uh, would you like to tell people how to get a hold of you? Yeah. Sure. Whitehatcigars.com is the website. The Drake is Good is my uh, Instagram and Twitter handle. And then uh, Spence Drake on, or Spencer Drake, I guess is what it's on, under Facebook. And then at uh, White Hat Cigars as well is, the, uh, is, is our company account that we utilize for social media. All right. Well, you're a, you are a good friend to really nice, to nice myself, and uh, thank you for taking time from your vacation to oh, yeah uh, to, to come all the way out here, out here to Deltona. Um, you know, uh, we do appreciate you coming out. That's very nice of you. It was late, and um, you know, 
usually you're a little more uh, comedic. I, I didn't know that we were going to touch on so many dark things, but um, you did. You had all the questions. Uh, you knew exactly what we were going to. Yeah, touch but on. I didn't know it was. You know, I don't know. The, but I guess but it is to end it on a on a on a happy note. This is a really exciting time for us. We've got more inventory as a company than we've ever had. We built this up over the last year to a point that you'll start seeing on social media. We've got some video we took of the Escaparate down uh, during Purosabor just to let you know all of our retail partners as well as our consumers know that some of the back order issues that we ran into last year because of the success of the product right. and not having enough of it ready, all, that, all that's been solved. We've got a ton of product aging in the humidor, so it's, uh, it's a situation that's going to allow us to to be a little bit more aggressive in the marketplace trying to grow i mean i i had put my reps basically on a, at a standstill I, I told them like no new accounts no and we so we got because just we got to the point where we weren't uh being able to do an adequate job of servicing the accounts that we that we had the guys that came on early on and supported us and uh to avoid that we had to build up an inventory if we wanted to be able to grow this brand and, right. and get from 250 stores to 500 this year. And you got some great cigars, you know, it's, bar it's, none. It's, a, it's just a matter of getting, you know, getting out there and having the guys be aggressive. You run into a situation with these independent guys and they don't want to sell from an, em- an empty cart. They don't want right. to go out and push your product when they've got six others to push. Right. If mine's going to be back ordered for two months. Yeah. And uh, you can't pay the bills on that. So we, we wanted to, to make sure we, we had a, uh, enough inventory for me to be able to lean on the reps and say, guys, uh, we got to grow this brand at a pace to, to get the factory where it needs to be. The factory's got, you know, is doing 200 to 300 cigars a day per pair with 12 pair. And uh, the capacity there is, I mean, we're making about 600,000 cigars right now, and the capacity is easily 1.5 out of that factory, the size of that factory. And so we got a lot of r- a room to grow without having to really sacrifice the kind of quality that we're putting out of it right now. I right. think that's where we've kind of capped it is a million and a half. And in order to get there, we have to start growing a little more aggressively. And in order to do that, you got to have have the product um, to be able to lean on the reps to get it, get it out there. Right, for sure, for sure. And I guess that pretty much um, wraps up. That wraps it up. Uh, you want to say a little thing about uh, people listening and commenting? And ah, yes. I, yeah, I, we yeah. forgot that earlier. Or the other episode. Wah, wah. So, um, yeah, please leave feedback uh, about the show. Uh, tell us who, who else you want on the show. We'll uh, try and drag them in here other than Ocho Cinco. Um, you know, maybe we do a parody or get you guys together for that. So you could smoke the cigar with him and be on the show. Probably won't ever happen, but, you know. Whatever. That would be a dream come true. Yeah. Um, a dream come true. <laughs> a dream come true. Uh, if you like what we're doing, just please tell your friends about it and um, you know have them listen in. We appreciate uh, your points of view. Yes, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Spencer, for again for coming in. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate y'all having me. All right. That's, that's it. That's it, everybody. Uh, that's it. Bye. All right, gang. That's it. Show's over. Time to put out that cigar and get back to work. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. Everybody get hustling.